morning everybody, this is Martin Stokes here And this is Dean Scurry And I am a traveller And I am a countryman Welcome to a traveller And a countryman podcast. podcast Okay, so in this episode I'm interested in going back a little bit Back to when your parents were young When you probably weren't even born yet And when travellers in this country Lived on the side of the road It was around the same time That there was uh, legislation in this country the Itinerancy Act and so on, around 1963. And yeah. I'm just interested in, is there any stories or any information you have about that time in Ireland? About travellers, about how travellers uh, lived and what they'd done and what was it like? What, was, it, what was the day-to-day of a traveller like? Well, let's put it this way. I got, a, I got a bit of information from, say, well, my mother, right? And we would have gone back to uh, when she got married, which is back in 1965, Yeah. And um, back then, times were, without a doubt, rough, no mistake about that, yeah? And of course, living conditions and daily life also, you know what I mean? But the thing about it was, anyway, um, she was married at 16 years of age. 16 years of age. 16 years old. In 1965. In 1965. My father was 19 years old back then. So is your mummy still alive now? Uh, she's alive. Me, me, me dad will be dead now about, say, four, nearly four and a half years now. And can I ask, uh, tell me now, what can I ask, uh, what age your mummy is? She's 73 now. She's 73, but as I said, she was married at 16 years of age, yeah? And does she live where you live? She she lives where I live now. Yes. Oh, happy days! So some of the information that you have that you have about what happened then you got it straight from home out. Well, yes, that's right. Perfect. Because obviously it was way too back, too far back for me to uh, to know. Like you know what I mean? Uh, think about it was anyway. Um, married at sixteen, my dad was nineteen, and they lived in a tent on the side of the road. Basically, it was um. It was an arranged wedding. You know what an arranged wedding is, yeah? Right. You do, yeah. I do know what arranged. So you have, uh, let me so let me see if I explain it. You've got two families yes. and the heads of the two families, the daddies or whatever. Yes. They, they spot, uh, they, if you have a son, you're going to go to the other fella, Back the other then, daddy, yes. and get the, get a woman and vice well, versa. Well, even, uh, even worse again, when, um, when, when my mother's, say her wedding was, as you call it, her wedding was drew down. That's what they call it. Her wedding was drew down, yeah? Drew down. Drew down. That's what they call it, yeah? Yeah. But when her wedding was arranged, she was at home. What does drew down she mean? Let's go back drew to drew down. Drew down mean that the wedding was matched. Okay. If you understand. And what do you mean then she was at home? Uh, she was at home when, when say, let's say my father asked a wedding, basically. Uh, even worse again, probably the two the, the two older, the... Say, my both of my grandfathers now would have been. Yeah, now, okay. yeah. God rest them, yeah. So your daddy's mammy and your mammy's mammy. Yes. Yeah, the semi father's father and my mother's father. They, at the time, basically would have arranged the wedding, if you know what I mean. And so she was at home. Basically, didn't even know she was getting married. <laughs> this is her words, right? And um, 16 so, years of age. Yeah. So and where, what part of the world were they in? So her father, i tell you where they were. They were in um, a little village called Mohill. Mohill. In County Leitrim. And they were living, be, uh, was it all the one camp? No, they were, in, they were in camps, but they were in different camps. Like they were no, no more than three or four miles away from each other, basically. And um, of course, as I said, the wedding was drew down anyway. It was arranged and she was at home. And next then when, say, of course, her parents, which is my grandparents, Come home and told her she's getting married. 
So she didn't really have a clue about it. Did she know what marriage was? Um, well, at 16 years of age, she probably would have knew what marriage was, but I don't know if she would have been, if she was uh, actually interested in even getting married at that age, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, she was probably she told. Probably about didn't realize it was a lifelong contract. Then. Well, she did, she did in the, in the end, but um, yeah, they got married anyway. And of course, whatever I don't know would it be weeks after. I think I, I think back then um, the weddings when they were drew down, as you call it, drew down weddings arranged that they could be married in a short, in a very short space of time, and I don't think it would have been months. I think it was, I think it was weeks. Being honest about it. Bish, bash, bosh. So there, was very, there would have been very little preparations. I think it was all about just going to the church, getting them married, and literally sending them home. So in her case, yes, she was sent home. The day of her wedding, she was told that her and I think, is one of her other sisters. So that was the traditional honeymoon in, um, in, in, uh, in Mohill in Well, the honey, I'll tell you what the honeymoon was now. The, the honeymoon was an, uh, an ass and cart. You know what an ass and cart is? Yeah, donkey and a cart. Well, yeah, but you know the little, them flat, the flat traps they call them, yeah? Yeah. I think that's what they call them now. We don't see much of them now anyway. But, um, so she was told to get onto on the, on the, what do you call it? The, the cart, if you like. Yeah. Her and the sister and just make their way home. Now, home mightn't be, it mightn't have been a mile away or whatever, I don't know. But they lived in a tent. Now, there would have been other family at home, like there would have been a bigger, uh, there was a big, big family there. like. So sent I mean? home from the church. Sent home from the church. Yeah. And then on her way home, what do you think happens? Some uh, some young lad was throwing stones from, from a hedge. Yeah. From a ditch, as we call it. And got her one right in the side of the eye. Your mammy. So she got a lovely present on the day of her wedding. That was a yeah. honeymoon present. <laughs> yeah. She got a she got a black eye for the, on her on her way home from, from the church. Just after being married at sixteen years of age. Wow. But uh, that was her. Uh, that's what happened there. And would have would the so, would the men have been? They, the men have gone out for a drink or down the pub uh, or something like that. The older the, the parents did. did they? So the, hold on, your mommy didn't go out uh, celebrating. She had to go back to the tent. She had to go home to the tent. And the parents yes. went out celebrating. The parents went and had a few drinks, but <laughs> you, you can only imagine the drinking back then. Like as, as far as you know, it was only a couple of bottles. Like you know what I mean. What do you mean? Uh, there was no big, uh, again, no big celebration. It wasn't like. big heavy drinking. No, but you're going back to 1965. It's years back, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so, on home with the business anyway, yeah, the parents did um, parents did go on and have a few drinks and then home again, whatever. That was basically there. And from there then, of course, next day, it was like setting up their own tent then, the best way to say it. Because that's what they lived in. Now, when you say when tense... When she was with her... I'll tell you what. When she was with her parents... Yeah. Now, at times, they'd have the... Um, they'd have the... What do you call them? Um, Explain to me the tent. Because the tent, the tent was... Like a, a tent... Like, if there's people listening to this, they're going to think a tent is... You go into the uh, camping shop or the army shop and you pick up no, a tent no, for 50 quid. No, they didn't have that comfort back then. They didn't have that kind of quality. Like, What the tent was, um, an old cover of any type... Could like a cover off could a have truck. Been sackcloth, could have been a cover off an old truck, uh, covers that maybe the farmers used, all that sort of stuff. Tarpaulin or something. Yes. And then they get, um, they, they call them wattles. Now, a wattle would have been a stick from the forest. So they bring out and they'd pierce them and clean the stick up, it sticks up basically. So they could have maybe anything between 10 and 20 wattles, maybe more. But, um, 
it was it was it was like a branch from a tree. So that wattle them was they were they, they tied into a into a bunch, and they they leave them say depending how how much time they had to prepare a tent, they would uh they'd leave it till it sort of got soft, but nine times out of ten they'd leave it in water. So if there was a lake or a river or a stream by nearby, they'd put a they let it sit in that. Like you so, would do with like uh, so when the when the wood got soft. Then they had no bother bending the 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 wattles like um like you see how the shape of tents are these days, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Obviously the round. Oh, so those those, those wattles would be the poles of a tent. They would be uh, like the, the the poles to hold the, the structure, the cover up. Yeah, so yeah. Be, they'd be sunk on both sides through the through the the grass, say there, whatever. So it's like what you do with willow if you're making uh, if you're weaving a basket or something like that you you wet it, you keep it wet so it bends yes. and it wouldn't snap. Well, it's probably an old thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing is some of them would have um, have barrel top wagons, which would be horse drawn. Fancy. Well, if they had anyone that had one back then, of course, yeah, they had something good, like you know what I mean. Same story. They 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 they'd, um, they'd actually make them themselves. The travellers used to genuinely make them themselves. Yeah, and the same story again. They get the they get the materials. Only this time, this um this was on wheels, wooden wheels. You know what I mean? Like an old, like what most people would think is like an old traditional wagon. Yeah, that's yeah. But, about, the, but, but the fact that they were all um the fact that they were handmade. Like the modern, uh, the modern wagons today. I'm not saying there is modern wagons. There is one or two around. Like you know what I mean. And um, the the wood on them that would be used, chances are it was factory wood. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that for sure. Yeah. But they'd be in very good. Uh, you could see them in very good condition, and well carved, if you know what I mean. And all maybe uh, tree hit like tree hit timber kind of stuff. But back then they had to use the same story. They'd use uh, lats as as they call them. And again, wattles also, for to make this um to make this tent, but it was ha- sorry to make this um to make this wagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was still handmade. So you every bit of it, make the whole the whole lot of it. Every bit of it was handmade. Yes. Probably no suspension on it. Just Let, wood, no, wooden wouldn't wheels. Be, no, no suspension. Wooden uh, wooden wheels, as you and, said, and drawn along by what? A horse? Everything was um, literally made out of wood. Yes. And um, then, the, as you said, a lot with the horse. The horse would drag them for wherever they go on. Times they mightn't move very far. They could travel three, five, maybe ten miles. So this, how many years ago is this now? 1965, yes. 60 years ago, yeah. And from 1965 up. But also then, probably beforehand, uh, naturally beforehand, because yeah, yeah. We're, only, we're only talking about my mother here in this sense where... But I am saying is that... um. It wasn't... This not just not, is not just about, say, my mother or, say, my grandparents on both sides it would have been a lot of travellers this was tradition like you know what I mean yeah, well, this is how I, this I would imagine in living. 1965 how all travellers in Ireland lived yes that's right on the side of a road with uh, wagons yeah. and tents that's right in a, in, in a field or at the side of a ditch well any any spot they got to pull in and park say if they, if they got a nice um, level spot on the side of the road Maybe where there's a bit of grass or something, and it wouldn't be like now where you've got to make big layboys and uh, motorways um, and all that. It's let's let's put it this way: if you're if you're if they were travelling back then on the on the roads, and it happened to spot a layboy, but the thing about it is, the roads back then there probably was no. That's what I'm lay- saying. There's no. There wouldn't be layboys, motorways, even dual carriageways were were, no, were that a new would, thing then. Going, probably going back that far, there probably wouldn't be. Maybe the very very odd just little spot in of the road. Sure, the main road when I was a young. But in the, the main day road, her, 
the main road to uh, to Derry or to Belfast yes. or, or to Galway was single lane, double lane sometimes. Yes. No dual carriageway really. No, but in the later years, then obviously they start improving the roads. Yeah. So if you went back, like we're going back 1965, what's that? How many years is that back that's now? 60 years. That's 60 years back. So suppose we went back like 40 years. Yeah. There was a bit of improvement in the roads then, if you know what I mean. Now, a big lot of cha- things probably didn't change, but in the line of lay-bys, you probably would have lay-bys back uh, at that kind of time. So but you'd have them on the main roads. I'm going to take a step back. Go ahead. Your family... In Moat Hill, is that where that's where it Mo, is? Moat Hill, Moat Hill, County Leitrim, County yeah. Leitrim. Um, your grandparents were there. That's where they were living. So now, ask me where before this where they came from. I do not know. You don't know, but I know that I'm being told that's where they were living back then. And your mammy doesn't know. Well, I didn't ask her that question. All right. Well, yeah, I we, didn't ask her where they came from before this. Like, you know what I so mean? So at, at that time, they had a camp there, and your your uh, grandparents' family name was what? On your mammy's side. On my mother's side uh, was McDonough. Yeah. And her her parents, sorry, um, her mother's uh, parents, obviously her father's parents were McDonough, mm-hmm. but her mother's parents were Haney. Haney. Haney, yes. Yeah, yeah. So you're half... McDonough. Yeah. I'm Stokes, half McDonough. And then back Haney then back to Haney. On my Where did Stokes side. come from? That's your daddy's. Uh Stokes is me my father is obviously Stokes. Yeah. And of course his father was Stokes. But his mother was McDonough also. Okay. Which okay. is my grandmother again, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I never heard Haney before. No, uh Haney uh, I don't know if it's a big um I don't know if it's a big population in Travellers. Yeah. And again, I don't know where that name emerged from, as a fellow would say. You know Stokes I mean? is a big name. Stokes is a big name, yeah. Uh, obviously, McDonald's a big name. Uh, although, um, although you have um, names, yeah, you still have. Um, let's say, for instance, how do I say this? Say take, uh, just say take McDonald's, right? Yeah. You still have different breeds of McDonald's, if you know what, if it makes any sense. Yeah, it, it kind of. You does, have yeah. um, Stokes again. You have different breeds of Stokeses. You have different breeds of whatever Collinses, whatever names say. There's lots of names of travellers, you know what I mean? Amongst, even though travellers are travellers, some of them have a, let's say, some of them might have different ways of living, if you know what I'm saying. So, uh, your parents, Mohill. County Leitrim. County Leitrim. Yeah. Uh, 1965, there was an arranged marriage, drew down. Yeah. She had, uh, there was a wedding in the morning. The parents went off and had a drink. She went back down the road. She got a stone in the eye off a of young fella. Uh, well, she went home. She went home. She went home. Where's your daddy? Probably in the pub. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I think the young lad was okay to go with... Uh, with uh, he's with, 19 years of age. He's 19 years of age, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it was okay for him to go and have one or two. Right. Um, and is he working or is she doing any work? Or she... No, we? back then there was no work. Yeah. There was... Um, Let's say work was very, very, very hard to find because um, you're, so what you're, you're saying? How did they survive? How did they saying? survive? Yeah, yeah. How do they? How so do they feed? The question, how do they feed themselves? How do they feed themselves? Well, I'll tell you what. Back then, there was a lot of um, like me two, me two grandfathers, right, on both sides, my mother's side and my father's side. They had this craft of making t- uh, tinsmiths or tinsmiths. Oh, very good. So they could make all types of uh, say cans. Yeah. Um, cups, if you like, buckets, buckets. Um, 
kettles. There was we, a lot we, of. We used to have this thing in the house. It was like a little tin coal bunker. You probably got that from one of the travellers. And it was like a little, it was like a little embroidered or tapped out scene on it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a little country scene or something like that. You, would you know it was sort of handmade like that? They were handmade. handmade. We did get them. We got them from the travellers here in St. Margaret's. Well then, that's what it was. It had to be handmade then at this stage. And they were like polished, a polished tin. Yeah. Like a, a reddish or a goldish kind of tin. But that's what they used to do. They used to, they used to do um, make, making the, um, all that stuff, the tinsmiths basically. So they, were called, they were class as tinsmiths basically. So is that where the... And they had a very, they had very few uh, tools to do that with. Is that where the name Tinker came from, do you think? Uh, Tinker, I'm not sure where the name Tinker came from. Yeah. Um, surviving was was very hard for them, without a doubt, because back then there was no unemployment, right? And there was no work. Mm-hmm. So... Um, as, what, in, as in there was no unemployment payment. Because yes. you didn't go down to the old office and get money. There was none of that. Yeah, yeah. There was none of that back then. They couldn't do that. Nobody could do that. Even the even the settlement couldn't do it, let alone the traveller. Yeah. But what, what, in the working side of it. Uh, so when you talk about travellers being tinkers, they were thinking. They were thinking in a way where they had to survive. Yeah. So they got out and the women of them would literally beg. They had to beg. They had no choice to beg back then. This is, as I said, come from my mother here, right? And uh, the shawl was out and they'd go from house to house. Mainly, it was like from farm to farm, the best way of saying it. And they could, um, they could maybe knock on one house now and maybe it could be another three minutes down the road, another house. There wouldn't be houses, wouldn't be like, like today, how they're stuck to each other. Like, but you'd be I mean? down the country, they'd be miles apart. Yeah, but even worse than back then. And um, so they go and ask for a bit of whatever. That'll be a bit of flour, a bit of sugar, or mainly the the, the reason that it hit the farmhouses was because the the farmers were obviously having their own growing their own foods. If you know what I'm saying, yeah. Well, majority of it, like the milk for starters, they the, they had the cows for their milk, butter, say the eggs. So they could be lucky enough in one house to get a maybe a basket of bits and pieces that they were looking for kind of thing. But then do you think they would come in and trade with them? Like, we'll do, uh, I'll fix your buckets or whatever. Yeah, that would, that, that, a lot of that would have happened. I'll, I'll, sharpen, swap, up, uh, I'll sharpen up your old tools They might swap you. a few, them, but they could be carrying a few bits and pieces with them that was made up. And the chances are that they'd get swaps for stuff like that as well, yes. Because when I was a young fellow, um, let's say 40 years ago in Ballymoon, there were some travellers living here, up where you are, St. Margaret's, and uh, they used to knock around and they'd have different services, like they'd sharpen the lawnmower or they'd sharpen the scissors or yeah. they'd, they'd sell. There was a fella came around doing the eggs. Yeah. Um, I was sharpening the eggs. Sharpening the eggs, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, they would take old clothes as well. If there was any old clothes. Now, we didn't have much ourselves, mm. but if you had an old couple of jumpers or a pair of shoes or something like that, they'd take them off you. And uh, use them for themselves, or they also done repairs on them. You could leave your shoes and yeah. get repaired, like like um like a, a shoe. What do you call it? What's the fellow who fixes shoes? Cobbler. Cobbler. Thing about it is, anyway, um, that's where it comes in. Where one man's trash was another man's goods, set like clothes that people didn't want, and if you give them to somebody to find use for them, very good. And of course, then as I said, the travellers back then was without a doubt very happy to accept that. Yeah, because it was their it was their means of living, so they didn't have any choices. Even even if they if they didn't like even going from door to door begging, yeah, they didn't was they didn't have a choice like only do that. Yeah, 
because it was, it, there was no other way of um, of providing for themselves or for their families. Well, it's how they lived. It's how generations after generations lived. Yes. It wasn't like uh, they had a different way of living. It wasn't like they were all working in factories and then decided, we're not going to do this anymore. No, uh, how right. they lived was on the side of the road. How they lived was they travelled. Um, they went from town to town. They went from camp to camp. What I can remember was that up until a certain point, the as you call him, the countryman had great respect for the travelling man. Uh, the countryman, at, uh, yes, at the time he would have, yes. Well, let's put it this way. If um, they mightn't get the same respect in every house, but the house that they did that they did get uh, respect was obviously decent people that were looking after them. Yeah. Helping them out in a sense where someone's coming to your door and they're like, whatever, they need food or they need clothes or whatever it might be. So tell me more about what your mammy told you. From when she was a young one, from what they done or, or uh, what, happened what she then, remembers. No, in the later years then, what happened was she went, she ended up then basically after, after, a little, after a while, him and her moved, they went on and moved over to England. Right. So then my mother's, my mother's parents, which is my, say, my grandparents again, on the mother's side, uh, they moved into a house in, in actually in, in, in County Leitrim, in Mohall. So your mother and father went over to England because they had a big family still. You see, they they say their grandparents. Yeah. So my mother and father, as as a young man and woman, moved over to England, and over there, my father. So hold on, where did they go in England? Like they used to, they were moving from place to place. They were they would have been like around Leeds, Liverpool, Manchester. So similar to what my parents were doing. There's probably they, twenty they, names of places I could I don't I could mention. That's what, we, what, that's what my man and dad done as well. They, 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 they were they were married. They went off to Manchester, Liverpool, places like that, Wales, yeah. London. Yeah. Uh, but the main places, reason some places were a bit easier and some places were a bit tougher. Well, the main reason they went to, they would have moved to England back then was because my father was looking for a bit of work. Yeah. And he got work over there. He started working on the build, on the building sites. But then, depending on how long that would last, and if the work was finished, then he'd move along somewhere else and find... It's a, it's a very similar story to my father. That's what he done. That's what my ma done. She worked in, like, a hotel in Wales, and my dad would have worked in building sites in Manchester. Right. Yeah. Well, this, 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 I know this for a fact this happened anyway, because he would have been with his... One of his uncles was over there, and so one or two more friends over there also with, with him, and they all used to work on the one, uh, the one building site. Back around that time, like basically, yeah. You might say life was a little bit better for them because when they got over there, they they didn't they weren't in a caravan there. They got into a house, you see. Okay. So that was a bit of a change, and then of course, it was through the the, the later years, then me say. So they, so they would have no experience probably in a house. Um, um, no li- little experience working. No, we're because. Only kids. No, because my mother would at this stage wouldn't have lived in a house. Yeah. My father didn't live in a house, he lived in a tent. There was no such thing as a caravan back then. The only caravan was that what I told you, the the barrel top wagons. Yeah. Back then. So they had the say that that's what that's what they would have lived in as well, as as well as the tents. And where was the te- where was the house that your ma and dad lived in, in? No, I mean in, that would have been in England. Yeah, where was that? Uh I can't, I wouldn't really you know. You I know. know that they were in different parts of England. Yeah, yeah. And I ne- I mentioned a few of them there, but they were in other parts of England also. Yeah. So the chances are that they were, that they didn't stay long in one place because it would have been dependent on um 
what kind of work he got. So if 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 the work was finished, they had no choice to move along somewhere else, wherever the work was again. And where was there? And this was happening for a long time over there. They were moving all around, even though, even though they were in England. While they were there in England, where were their folks? Uh, they, no, I'll tell you what happened then, yeah. Me, me father's father and mother, God rest them as well, uh, they moved to England. I think it was in the later years now. It could have been anything up to two, two to four years after. Now, I'm not 100% sure, but I know sort of in that t- kind of time. And they moved to... I think they moved around, I think it was Bradford they moved to mm-hmm. in England. And of course, they got into a house. So that was a bit of, that was a change for them from, now on the other hand, and then they moved from there again, back to Ireland again, basically. And of course, it was back into tents again. And horse-drawn caravans, we call them the... The, the wagons. The bar-top wagon. Now, by this time... My other grandparents, God rest them, were in a house in Mohill then. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they moved into a house, but they spent their entire lives in the house then. They spent the rest of their lives in that house. And, and that's kind of where we get the, and they had the a big name family Settled there. Traveller. Uh, yeah, that's right. You could say it around, that, it was around became, that time. Yeah, well you, well, you could say then they became Settled Travellers, yeah, because they settled into a house, of course. Yeah, yeah. Although they were still, they were still travellers. Yeah. Because as their families grew up then... They started uh, moving along, say moving all around Ireland in caravans, and then a lot of them ended up in England then also. But then they would have been over and back to and from England, and probably still are, and um, well they are like still using caravans. Yeah. So it's very very hard in a sense to get. Uh, what did they say? You can take the man out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the man, is it? That's the one. Yeah. Something like that. So it's the same with a caravan. Yeah. Travelers will. Let's say, when I say always be in caravans, right up to now, car- travellers are in caravans. So I'm in a caravan myself, like I mean, and basically all my life in a caravan. Um, and is there something, there's something obviously about a caravan, because uh, I, like, I know a lot of settled people and they have caravans down in, in, in the country in different caravan sites, and they love it. It's I'll a, tell you, there's a, a little breakdown to... Uh, um, Betty's Town or down to Cork Town or something like that and, caravan, it's, and it's the highlight of their, their, their year like a car- yeah that's right I know what you're saying a lot of I look at there is there's um, them sort of holiday camps all over the world now anyway yeah yeah They're we, not we just, go to them in France every couple of years like yeah but but you don't clash yourself as travellers no but, when you, but when you do go in there into into the, the caravans it is it's nice no it's, I'll tell you what's nice about the caravan you t- you're you saying that you just said there there's something there's something good about the caravan yeah What's good about the caravan is the freedom side of it. So you have that sense. Look, you can move when you want to move. Uh, a house, of course, you can go out of your house and go where you want also. But there's something about the caravan that gives you that much more freedom. I think, um, well, my experience anyway, like I, I, I live in a caravan, yeah? I'd probably be more times, not that I go far, but more times outside of it than inside of it. So that's a sense of freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All my... Uh, undertakings are outside the caravan if you know what I'm saying whereas a house if you're in a house everything about your life is inside the door of the house you're in the house more than you're not in the house yeah you're in more 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 you spend more time inside than outside of it and in the caravan it's smaller there's less rooms and everyone's closer together I think they, <laughs> I think they want to get outside so for some reason but you know what I mean on a in a house think like for instance you're in a caravan right mm-hmm. 
and you feel like just that bit of fresh air, you walk out and you'll always see somebody out there just to have a chat. I don't think you get much of that in a house, do you? Uh, it depends on where the house is. Like, I, I, when we grew up here in Ballymun, we were, you're in your neighbours uh, as much as you're in your own house. You're knocking in. There's people all over the place. In certain places, there's different uh, there's different sizes of communities or different, uh, just a different community. Yeah, but you probably get that in in um in 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 poorer areas. Whatever, well, right? In working class areas, yeah, because you've got Their doors you are don't, locked. You don't have it. a pot to piss in, so you're you're in in your neighbours and you're looking for uh, favours and a couple of quid or you know yeah. a, a, an old uh, an old bit of bread or whatever like that. Yeah, definitely. When I grew up here in in the eighties, it was all about close knit families and communities together. Yeah, it's kind of similar to what I would get if I if I went on to like a camp or in the Halton site. We were all on top of each other, but it was good crack. Yeah, but that was that's uh that'd be down to to I think to the poor side of life. Yeah. Being honest about. And I think um I think in in in, in the poor side of life there's more generosity and more caring about each other. Whereas you go into uh you go into an area, this is with all due respect, you go into an area there and people's doors are simply closed. They don't want to know anybody. Don't want to mix with anybody. Uh, they don't want to help anybody. There's a lot of that stuff. Yeah, well, I, I I've seen both sides of it now because I grew up in Ballymun, and I lived in a few different places. But right now, I live behind like a, a gated community where it's all like middle class people in their apartments, and basically, they get up, go open the door, go to work, come back from work, close the door, and that's it. And there's not much mingling. There's not much. Uh, chat beyond how are you what's going on uh, hello is that your dog you know basic stuff it wouldn't be like like I get I get more community out of going onto your site and having chats with you than I would I get more community in a week on your site than I would where I live now in a year because you're in a yuppie posh area is that it uh, yeah it's, it's a very middle class area it's like um, behind uh, behind a gate it's one of those gated communities mm. So basically, people are more private and keeping to themselves a lot. Well, money, uh, my way of looking at it is money buys your privacy and security. At the same time, and they're locking themselves away because that's what we're talking about, the freedom of a caravan. So you buy a big house, you get big security gates, you lock the gates, you lock your house, you're inside for whatever lynch you're in there. If you're, lo- if, you, if, you're, if you're going to work, fine, it's the same story. You come from near your home again. It means you don't have a life. You don't see anybody. You don't get to mix with anybody. But that's but that's what they're doing. That's what they're into. That's their that's to use a word. That's their culture. But isn't yeah? It is their culture. But is there not is there not a lot of is there not a lot of selfishness involved in it? No. Um. Yeah. Look, I think that that's what people is it a way that that's choose what people to live? work for. Is I, th- a way to I, I think it is a choice. I don't think uh, they know anything else. I don't think they know anything else. Mm. I don't think they have ever probably experienced what you've experienced. Or what I experienced, for example, growing up in uh, a working class council estate in Ballymun. Yes. That experience that we have, not everybody has that. Not everybody sees life like that. Especially in, you know, well-to-do, upper middle class communities. Definitely not. People are behind behind their own doors. Well, that's what I can see anyway. I, I can see much more community in the travelling community or somewhere yeah. like Ballymun than I can, for example, in Port Marnock. So, but yeah, what you're saying is more lively. There's more livelihood. 
in a sense, yes, because it's people. We're talking about people here. What do you mean more livelihood? It's more livelihood because people are out and about. They're, uh, they're mixing, they're talking, they're chatting, they're saying hello. You don't get that in the areas where in the other areas we're talking about. No, it's uh, <laughs> you don't, you don't absolutely. There's uh, where where I am. There's a couple of kids and they play around a little bit, but you know if they if they were doing what we were doing when we were kids, running them up and climbing trees, and uh, you know somebody would have something to say about it. Where if like I, I, if, up, I like. if I go up to St Margaret's, there's kids uh, doing all types of stuff, and they're just out being kids, snotty nosed. Yeah. Full of cuts and bruises, That's climbing right. up the side of trees, doing all all types of all types of stuff. That's the stuff that we grew up with. So it was similar to uh, to a traveller's lifestyle in a certain way. Not everything, but some of it. The way the way that I grew up. Well, slightly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very very similar. Uh, I had obviously I had differences. One of the big differences that I might talk about when I was in school here in Ballymun in primary school, like you had your normal classes, first year, first class, second class, third class. But within each of them, you had like a separate class for traveller children. Right. And that was a difference. That was an, an obvious difference that I noticed when I was a kid. For some reason, there was as uh, traveller children in this school were treated differently. And I'm sure it wasn't just the, the school that I was in. I'm in sure what, it was the in time. What, in what schools? Uh, that was a primary school in Ballymun. And that's gone back how long? That was, say, 40 years ago. And there was like, for no reason other than they were travellers. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a special like a, almost like a special class. Mm. So that was a difference that I I would have noticed. In institutions like schools, traveller children were treated differently. Right. Um, but outside, Which, when we were playing, I didn't notice any difference. Sure, all the same. We were all full of cuts and bruises and nuts. So I was saying it was the adults. It was the adults that was causing the problems. Then. Yeah. Well, like like what we. Uh, Discussed about uh, in 1963 with uh, the Itinerancy Act. That was a group of adults, yeah, mainly middle class adults who were working in politics, who were making, making decisions, decisions about yeah. getting rid of the travelling people. And which our mammy, being an idealistic 16 year old woman living in the side of a tent, there's people in this country wanted to get rid of her. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? Your parents and your grandparents. They want to get rid of all travellers. They want to get rid of you. They want to get rid of the, the idea that you could have children. Yeah. That's fascinating when you when you get into with that part beyond all the romantic ideas that we have of what it used to be like to be a traveller. Yeah. There was a group of people in this country in Ireland in 1963 onwards around the same time in America when people were going through civil rights movements yes. Martin Luther King and Mark, Malcolm X the same time up in Northern Ireland where people were fighting for civil rights the government in this country were trying to eliminate travellers traveller people. Now we get sick when we think of a man at the moment in, in Europe who's trying to do the same thing with, yeah. a, with Ukrainian people. Yeah. That sickens us all That's to right. the fact where our most prominent politicians and celebrities almost fly over over to Ukraine. Bono just done a gig in Ukraine. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I see that thing. And in Ireland, still to this day, uh, other than a couple of sheets of paper to say that travelling people have their own ethnicity, it's kind of the same as it used to be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah, kind I mean, of uh, the traveling people is separate. Keep them over there and let's not let's not even discuss them. No, a lot of uh, there's still another thing going on with 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 travelers that um basically shouldn't be what's going on in the line of uh, the way travelers are, are, are treated generally. Uh the fact that travelers are living in sites is 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 bad enough. 
but they choose to live in sites. They want to live in sites. Yeah. But conditions, living conditions of the sites that the government actually own to the councils, basically. That you're a tenant of. Yes, that's right. That's where uh, that's where there's a, there is a problem also because travellers has that choice if they want to live in a, in a, in a, car, a caravan, fine. If they don't want to live in a caravan, move off it. But the fact that they do, they do want to keep that tradition going and they're happy living in caravans, conditions are the problem. But it's like when I, like I grew up in the flats here in Ballymun at some point, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we paid rent to Dublin City Council. And we held up our end of the bargain, yes. paying rent. And right? travellers do the same. And travellers do the same. But it, it seemed like the council and the state didn't hold up their end of the bargain. That's right. You know what I mean? When it comes to keeping the place maintained. Keeping it maintained, treating people differently just That's because right. of the area you're from. You know, almost having two separate societies. That's One right. is, you know, travellers and working class people. And then you have kind of what was called the middle class or the educated class. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, it, it boils back to it boils back down to one thing, which is called discrimination. Yeah, it is. And what what I find it interesting is that you came in today with stories from your mammy that when she grew up, where there wasn't the opportunity for those people to talk about the discrimination. They didn't have the same privileges we have or that you have. Your mammy couldn't have opened up her mouth. Your daddy couldn't have opened up his mouth That's the right. way we, the way that we can. And it probably wasn't spoke about. There was a load of stuff back then That's right. that wasn't spoke about. Discrimination uh, is just one of the things. That's right. And it's it's a it's um look at it's it's probably not as bad as it used to be, but it is an ongoing thing. Too bad this day and age the travellers are still experiencing this. At the end of the day, travellers are a part of Irish society. They are we are Irish people like. And no matter what we think or what we choose not to tune into they're not going anywhere. No, we can right. ignore them just like we can ignore we can ignore the fact that there is cliffs over in Galway called the Cliffs of Moher. That's but right. they're not going anywhere. No, that's right. The Giants Causeway isn't going anywhere even if the tourists don't turn up. The travelling people is not going anywhere. No. Um, no travelling people are, are here to stay. They're part of us. They're part of Irish society. I think a lot of it comes from because of um, the way travellers choose to live the basic fact is that they choose to be travellers and that's it there's not a there's not a big lot of difference in what they do basically only the fact that as I said they're living in caravans but it's what they choose to do and I think the, I think they're within the rights to do to do so yeah well look as we said uh, upper, middle, upper middle class people choose to live in big gated communities that's right because they have the options and the choices yeah. you know but then the finger the finger is pointed at say for example travelling people you don't pay your taxes and you rob sure I know the biggest robbers and biggest tax avoiders as I said before that's in right. this country yeah. is upper middle class people politicians and businessmen and they're not travellers and they're not travellers and they're probably robbing more in one day, yeah. than a whole halting site of travellers would rob in a year. Yeah, that's right. It's called what? Daylight robbery, is it? Daylight robbery. Uh, but it's it's easy just to tune into a specific radio station going, la, 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 la. Uh, I don't understand travellers. I don't think about them. I don't respect them. I'm just going to stay over in my corner of Ireland and let them do what they want. That's right. Let them, let them kill themselves. Or let them all, as, as your man says, who was running for president, let them all just move into the Phoenix Park there and we'll re-educate them. That's right. An Irish fellow running for president said that within the last four or five years. 
let's all move them up there to Michael D in the Phoenix Park and we can re-educate them. And got away with it as well. And got away with it. I nearly got voted in as the president. Yeah. Are we having a... a, 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 is, a is this a circus show or we what? We were in some trouble then, weren't we? If the, if the likes of him had to be voted in for, for president, huh? Well, I tell you what, we're disgusted at, at a, a similar fella who's uh, bombing um, a free democratic country That's in right, Ukraine. Yeah. But a fella can come on uh, wanting to be the president of Ireland, saying, I, I have the... Charlie had the final solution. I've got the next solution. Throw them up into the big park there. Complete disgrace, I the truth. So uh, did he actually think that was going to solve a problem? Because it wouldn't. Well, it would have. It would have. Uh, it would have solved the problem for him. For he would have. He would have been the president of Ireland. So yeah. he would have been Grant. I'm getting there. I'm sound like I'm getting a bit angry there, but I'm not. Well, I'm, I'm really interested in how we see each other, how we ch- choose to treat each other, because yeah. it is a choice. Yeah. We can think we're going around blind with our eyes closed. At the same time, thanks be to God, there's only one of him. We don't have a we don't have a a million like him. You know what I mean? And as you said before, there might be a few, but not a million. As you said before, Charlie tried to get rid of you, but who's gone now? Charlie tried to get rid of travellers, but Charlie's not here. Yeah, as I said, he's not here. He's not. um, Travellers are still around. Charlie's not. But uh, and your man that that we're talking about there now as well, he's not here either, is he? Uh, no, well, he's, let's he, say he's quiet now. The microphone's being turned off. Let's say thanks be to God, he has no, he has no say over travellers because life wouldn't be good having him as a president. Uh, so listening to you there, it sounds like you are proud of the stories that your mammy told you. Having one that you have the stories that you yeah. have someone there to to talk to and to listen to and to hear the stories. Yes, um, and I, I, and it sounds like you want people to hear to hear those stories, to hear how it was. Well, put it straight, today, things are a little bit different today for travellers in the line of the younger uh, the younger and up-and-coming generation, basically. Uh, take the 40 and 50-year-olds, right? And going back, say, 20 and 30 years, they weren't, um, the, the, the weddings are not arranged as much now as they used to be, probably if not at all. Um, the normal procedure would be a young lad asked to ask the, the parents, like, okay, to ask the girl kind of thing. And then, of course, the girl said, yes, that was fine. But there was no no saying you're getting married or making her get married or going out for a pub and drawing down a wedding for two for a boy and girl is not even there kind of thing. That's all That's all, all worn out now. That's all gone, basically. And there's a number of things, not just that, that are changing in the travelling community. There is. There's a lot of stuff changing in the travellers, yeah. Now, some of the stuff is the same, but it's the same It's the same everywhere. In the settled community, there's still things that we, we don't, but society is changing. Society is changing fast. Like, I remember the big thing in our house when we were kids was sitting down and we'd watch the six o'clock news together and we'd call it air news. That kind of doesn't happen that much now, you know yeah, what I mean? that's right. Other than maybe through lockdown where we were all going to see was, was the sky going to fall down, but generally... Yeah. That tradition of the Irish family sitting around the television waiting to be told what the news was for the day is yes. gone. And in the travelling community, weddings aren't arranged. There's other things that, that, are, that are changing as well. One thing uh, we, we discussed before, we have uh, traveller politicians, traveller guards, traveller teachers, travellers in college, travellers on the television, travellers doing podcasts. Yep. Good. Yeah, the, <laughs> the podcast is another step, isn't it? Podcast is another step, and you're a fifty-year-old traveling man taking that step. But uh, yeah, a lot of things change in the travellers. Like for instance, a lot of travellers have have now by now have moved into houses. Yeah, a lot of travellers have emigrated and and also moved into houses. There's still a lot of travellers living in caravans. 
there's a lot of travellers who have moved abroad still living in caravans. And basically, it is it is tradition still, the best way of saying it. Yeah. And I don't know if it's ever going to change because, um, say, the older, let's say the old breed is, is uh, how would you say it? It's hard to explain. For them living in caravans now, for the last, say, 30, 40 years, well, that was a step up alone because, as I said, they were living in tents and living in, in a horse-drawn caravans, which was bar-top wagons. Alone then, for them to move into a caravan, such as a mobile home, it was a liberty and a comfort and a like a progress, a progression in life. Yeah. And then for that caravan to be on a halting site, and for that halting site to have plumbed water... Not to be getting moved along, like back to uh, where the time where I uh, saying again, where my father and mother got married. Yeah, going back there for a second would be um, they would could be in a camp on the side of the road and we can get two or three days out of it. Okay, and the local guard would come along and tell them, look, you have to move along. If they got a couple of weeks out of one spot, they were they were delighted. They were doing very 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 well. Considering was the guard station nearby or one to another like that there. It was only when they were fully recognised then they were told to go. Yeah, go move shift. Who who came up with that? Uh, Christy Moore was, Christy it? Moore. was it. Go song? move shift. Yeah, well, that was that was, that was the case. To get a couple of days and they were told to move. They could move a mile or two or three or five mile down the road, and then maybe it could be a month after they might come back to the same camp again. So, do you think uh, the 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 use of halting sites has helped or hindered travellers? Like, if you're in a halting site, obviously it's, there's no go, move, shift anymore. But um, there's also no travelling, per se. You know no, what I mean? There you, been, you might travel once or two, twice a year. No, for some travellers, uh, yeah, they would. Uh, for some travellers that have a, a, like a mobile home on a halting site. Yeah. And some of them would have a small caravan maybe left one side. Okay. So if they felt like they wanted to move along for a couple of months or a couple of weeks or whatever... They hook on a small caravan and go on, but they come back to their base then. Oh, very good. So now that left the the mobile home and the halting site left them with a base. So you've got the best of both worlds almost. You can like get on, you instance, can get on the could, road, but you're still somewhere that you could feel a bit secure for a couple of months. Yeah, they could get into, into a small caravan and maybe hook on and even go to England for a couple of weeks if they wanted to. Yeah. Just a couple of weeks, say, and back to their base again. What's going so to England? Traveling, it's the fact that the travelling thing was still stuck in them, like, if you know what I mean? What's going to England... Like for you, say for you as a traveling man, what what do you get out? Like if I was going for a week or two, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's only a break away from home. Yeah, and would you be going over just moseying around, or would you be going over to families and friends? Uh, no, I'll tell you what it is. See, there's a lot. There be a lot of um, you might call holiday camp parks over there. Oh yeah, yeah, holiday parks where you can sometimes you don't have to bring them bring a caravan, which you. you can move uh, book into a place over there for a week or two weeks, whatever length you want to stay away, like. But you're at, after that then, when you're away from home, you just have to get back to home, aren't you? You're, you're, you're happy to come back to your to your base, like, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, again, it's it's it, um, it's a break away from, a break away from home, yes. Yeah. And as I said there, uh, if you're going on a holiday, you would class a holiday as going to somewhere abroad, like, you know what I mean? Where's the first somewhere abroad you went? Uh, Lourdes. Oh, very good. In France. That was back in um, 1993, which is like 29 years ago. Is that like, a, a, I would imagine, like a religious pilgrimage? Well, Lourdes is where Our Lady appeared. 
And basically, we went there, we're only, we're only a couple of years married. Oh yeah, it's a religious, uh, it's, a, it's a big pilgrimage ground. People come from all over the world to Lourdes. Yeah. Where Our Lady appeared. And for me, it was um, me and my wife back then. Say, back then, me, me and my wife went together. We're only a couple of years married. And it was a brilliant experience for us. So then our getaway, we went to Lourdes then after that, a few times after that. Mm-hmm. And he spent a week over there, basically. Our next big, our next place tend to go was was Medjugorje. Have you ever heard of Medjugorje? Yeah, it's it's, a, it's a, another another place in Croatia where another pilgrimage. Now, Lourdes in France. Yeah, uh, it, it's another pilgrimage site where Our Lady appeared. Yeah, on on the on the, on the mountain to three visionaries, basically. And these are holidays for you? Uh, no, not it's not exactly a holiday for me. No, it's a it's a pilgrimage of prayer for me, basically. It's a time for prayer and med- um, meditation. Uh, peace. It's uh, You find a lot of peace over there in, in, in Medjugorje. A lot of people now have went to Medjugorje. Um, like literally thousands and thousands of travellers. And would you go, if you're going there or are you going to the one in France, are you going with the family, the whole family, the whole crew uh, is going? Yeah, well, well, I went a couple of years ago. That lockdown caused a lot of problems for people going abroad. But yeah, the family were with me. Um, that would be it'd be nearly three years ago now. Um, so are you itching to go back? The family, yeah, I'd love to go back to it again. Yeah, and I will go back anyway. I know, I know that I'll go back. Um, Lords for the family. I went back. I went back out to Lords in back in nineteen two thousand nine. Sorry, in two thousand nine, I went back out to Lords. We went out in um in a motorhome, motor caravan. So we were still in, we were still in, still a, caravan, in a caravan basically, but it was a motorhome, a camper. They call it. I know you were saying how many brothers and sisters I have, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I have uh, five sisters. Five sisters, yeah? And six brothers. So there's 11 children so, from your parents. That's 12. That would be 12 altogether. Oh, and, and you. I forgot yeah, about you. you. Want to be going back to school, <laughs> don't you? Huh? In my house, there's I six. Ta- I six thought I was only the traveller didn't have the education. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> so there's, uh, there's 12 of you? 12 of us in the family, yes. Wow. So the oldest to be fifty, like fifty-five. Right. I'm I'm fifty. Yeah. Are you second oldest? How would I no, I'm I'm fifty. Right. There's a no, actually there's like um we'll say the two brothers oldest. Yeah. Martin's counting on his fingers, by the way. Yes. There'll be five I think it's five older than me altogether, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's five in family older. And can I me. ask if they're all alive? Uh yeah, all alive, yeah. Oh wow. And um, do you see them or where do they do live? You, um basically some of them lives some one of the, one or two one of them lives where I live. Uh some of them are actually living in houses now. Okay. Yeah. And see my older sister lived down in County Mead, Trim. Um basically my other sister is living in Navan, County Mead. Yeah. So yeah, they're basically all over the. All and you over get the place. to you get to see them, chat to them. Uh, it's it well sometimes yeah, but it's very hard these days when you have a big family of your it's own. Twelve like. of them, wow. Yeah, but uh, it's very hard to see, as you call it, family every day. Yeah. When you have your own family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but is okay. So I'm asking very personal questions here. And I know, especially for a traveller or a traveller man, yes. asking personal questions is probably not the done thing. It's 
especially from a country man. Yes. Because my experience is travel people are kind of very private. So I'm asking yes. you questions. Uh, you have just 12 years. Uh, your mommy's 75 years of age. Your daddy's uh, passed away. Um, he, he died at 71. He died at 71 years 71 of age. 71 years of age, yeah. When was that? Basically four and a half years ago now. Four and a half years ago. So, yeah. so you've got brothers and sisters around the country, some of them living in England. Uh, mainly, in, mainly in Ireland, basically. Mainly yeah. in Ireland, and yeah. some of them living in houses. That's right, yeah. And you're uh, the fifth oldest. Yes. Or sixth oldest. Yes. Happy days. And what was it like growing up with all them? Were you all living together? Uh, yeah, we all lived together basically in a caravan, yeah. All Well, we would have had two caravans, like. Okay. So. And where was that? The lads would have been living and sleeping in one caravan. Yeah. And of course, the girls would have been in with me parents in their bigger caravan, like. So the mommy and the daddy in a big caravan they, with all the girls. Well, yeah, they'd be securing the girls, like. Oh, very good. <laughs> That's how it is with uh, with with travellers, like. Very you know protective I mean? of the girls, more protective oh, yeah. of the girls than Abs- the fellas. Well, absolutely, yeah, without a doubt. All all travellers are the same way with when it comes to girls. Yeah. They let's say the shield the girls every way they can. Basically. I think it's. I think that's kind of the same for all say traditional married couples if they have. Girls, yeah, to be the 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 tendency would be to protect the girls more. Uh, yeah, I I I I'd imagine so. Yes, but I think in the traveling community, it's just it's a I don't know what the right word it's is. Like saying, it's, it's like saying it's a different level of protection. No, yeah, it is a different level because it's like saying the boys have more freedom, kind of thing. Yeah, not to go on and do what they want to do. I'm saying like the boys would be more out and about looking for a bit of work and. Uh, like maybe out driving or hanging around with their mates and stuff like that. Whereas girls, no. So I'm going to throw a, a phrase out here that you uh, might have heard before and let me know what you think about it. It, it sounds like it's a man's world in the, in, in the travelling community. Um, not, no, not in, a, not in a father's eyes, no. Yeah. He he would be more, I as a father myself, straight up, I'm, I'd be more concerned about my girls than I would but about what I'm saying is it's a man's world the boys can go off and do whatever no not do whatever they want no you still keep track of them in a, in a yeah. sense where you know like, not that you know everywhere they're going or what they're doing you'd still be on track with them kind of thing um, girls what I'm trying to say here is boys would have more freedom than girls Yeah. boys can go and mix with boys boys can get into a car and drive off and maybe whatever they want to do go play football go play in pool go on get a bit of food, like dosing around with other young lads, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, we wouldn't be inclined to let our girls do them things. No, absolutely not. So, could, w- can I ask more, a question? That boils back to being more protective of the girls. Say you have a 20-year-old, say you have a seven, an 18-year-old traveller boy yes. with a car. Yes. Would you have an 18-year-old traveller girl with a car? No. No. That, that, that wouldn't happen? No, that would that, would that happen in England? Uh, I don't know for I'm not saying it wouldn't happen but I can't speak for everybody you know what I mean Yeah. I can't speak for every traveller but I can tell you that every traveller I know are are protective of their girls without a doubt Yeah. and um, basically you're saying there would you see girls 17 year old girls going around traveller girls in a car Yeah. no I've never seen it never seen it no I, I, I don't know if it's happening in parts of the world I've never experienced I've never seen it no and that it's because of it's not it's not because they they can't drive. Uh, well, it, it is. It's not because they can't drive. No. Yeah. The ch- chances are they don't know how to drive. Okay. 
but it's not just because they don't. It's because parents don't like letting their girls maybe too far out of sight, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because we're living in a world of, um, let's say, begrudgers and judgers, if you want. Begrudgers and judgers. Judgers right? mainly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because um, it's very easy, like, for... Are you talking about within the travelling community or in, in general? There's not, for some reason or another, there's not, I'm, uh, look at, I don't know, I can't speak for the whole world, I can speak for, say, uh, like I say, a certain amount of travellers. Yeah. But, um, it's, uh, for instance, like, uh, young lads, as I said, have that freedom of going where they want to do and sort of, uh, people don't look upon them as much. But if a girl, for instance, a girl, say, just say walks out the gate of a site and decides to go for a wander, which it won't happen. I know it won't happen. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Um, they're inclined to be talked about. Okay. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. I do know what you're saying. Yeah, that would be... So would be, you have... Would be conversation and rumour within the site about that girl because she is wandering Not just about. in the site. It might be in, probably any part of the world where there's travellers. Yeah. So, yes... So um, and I can I can imagine now it's like you're protecting a girl's uh, reputation also if you know what I mean yeah mainly kind of you know now so uh, obviously look every parent wants what's best for their for their for their family but yeah mainly the girls yeah so it boils back to and so what there's a question what about the boys sometimes reputation? it's a hard uh, sometimes no you, you obviously you, you are concerned about a boy's reputation yeah but um. Somehow people don't talk or wouldn't judge a boy as much for whatever reason as a girl. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And now when you say people, do you mean men and women or just... Let's say in a, in a, in a country man's world, you might say girls are more vul- vul- more vulnerable to society. That's what. That's maybe what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. Like there was now, a, there's probably the, words that I don't want to use. If you know what I'm saying. Like, there was a thing. There was a case here uh, last year where there was a woman out running and she was on the canal and she was attacked. She was murdered. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so now that, 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 let's say the girl kind of exposed. The girls, that there is a vulnerability there. There is. Yeah, the girl might be the weaker. How would I say the weakest link in the family? Okay. And I'm not saying that for sure. I'm saying I, I just can't find the right words to say why. We like to protect our girls more. She would be more vulnerable to attack, I think. Not, well, the, not the weakest link. The, weak, the weakest link... I don't mean in that, in that sense, no. The weakest link suggests that she's uh, she's weak, but vulnerable to attack. No, 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 no. Yeah, you're right. You're, yeah. Uh, it's just a mixed up conversation, to be honest about. Yeah. There's words there, but I kind of find the right words for that. And I think part of the reason we're doing this podcast is, because I know there's a lot of stuff that... Uh, a lot of conversation in the travelling community about stuff like this, especially about young girls, that maybe doesn't happen as often as they could and the words mightn't be there. And I could take, I could take a country girl, for instance, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying I know about country girls, but I'm asking you, would, would, would country girls be allowed to go to pubs, clubs, cinemas, basically like, allowed to go really where they want to go at a, a 17, 18, 19, 20 years of age? Uh, yeah, younger than that as well. They are allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah. Like well, traveling girls are not. 14, 15, 16 years of age. Yeah. Uh, they'd be able to uh, walk a 17, 18 year old girl. As a, would, sorry, go on. A 17 or 18 year old girl would be able to go uh, go to college, get a car. Country girls. Yeah, yeah, country girls. Right. So I'm, I, what I'm saying now as a as a father, I literally don't let my girls on my sight. Yeah. 
that's been honest. It's not because I don't trust me, me, me family, basically. It's because I care so much and I'm so protective of them. There's so much uh, wrong and bad things happen in this world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying to you now? I do. So and you don't let them out your sight, but, but it sounds like you also don't let them off, off the site. I don't let them off the site. Um, but I'd, uh, I'll bring them everywhere. Anywhere they want to go, I'll bring them in a the sense where myself or my wife is with them. Like a chaperone. Well, if you want to use... Wait, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, myself but I'm, I'm just trying to explore it with you. will always be with me, girls, and always have been. We wouldn't let them go anywhere on their own, without a doubt. No and when does that... I don't know when it stops. Stops. It, it stops, I, 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 it stops I, I, when you... Right. When, when there's an arranged marriage. It stops marriage. when you stop worrying. But for me, I never stop worrying, so it's never probably never going to stop. Uh, when, um, when girls get married, yeah. then they have their husbands to... To say, Protect as the fella said, go on and, on and do what they want in life. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so is that hard? Yeah, you, it, you probably haven't had that situation yourself yet. But is that hard? In in what way? Or, or have you? Or have you been in the situation yet in you with your children where one of them has one of the girls has gone off and got married? I have two girls married, and was what was the point in you where you kind of had to? Let go or release them. What was the point in, in, no, in no, protecting no, what, them? What, like, what was that feeling like? Letting them go. Yeah, letting them go. Now ah, we get them. Ah, you missed them. Yeah, you missed them. When when you get them married, no mistake. You but do. you're no longer there. You're no longer the, the number one protector, the big silverback gorilla. No, but you still care about them and you still worry about them. Yeah. But also, you know, when they're married, do you know what I mean? Of course, the, the husband is there to look they after them as well. Really. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. It's just a strange... Uh, it's a, actually a strange conversation because sometimes the answers are not there for it. Yeah, yeah, you, you yeah. You ask and, yourself, and, and, like, I, I why are we so you, protective? I find are, you, we, are we too protective? Is it fair to be tying, say, um, being too protective? It's just something that is to, you just kind of help yourself. Your family, you, you know what I mean. They're, they're everything you have, like you know. So you're gonna you're gonna do everything you can to keep to keep them right and keep them safe. I'm gonna throw a phrase at you. If you love them, let them go. Uh, no, I understand that, but um, I there's different people dealing with with, uh, with have different ways of dealing with these things in, in life. Yeah. So it's not just like uh, if you love them, let them go, throw them out the door. That's not the case. That won't be happening. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. it's interesting looking at you. Yeah, look listening after to them you. right until the day comes that they, please God, that they get married. Then you you don't worry about them as much because you know when they're married, you feel safer about them. Then because why? You know they're starting a new life and they're going to settle down. Like in the, in the, in, when I say settle down, I don't mean settle down. Like as a if, settle man. No, I don't even mean like that. What I mean, look at what I am saying is, look at they're starting off a new life. But you don't you don't really let them go. It's in a sense where they're still your kids. It's as simple as that. They're still your kids. You still worry about them. You help them out where you can and when you can. You do what you can for them. Probably till the day till the day you die, more or less. I was in the, I was in church there basically a few weeks ago, right? And there's an old lady, and she's eighty seven years old. Yeah. No, she's a living living saint, right? Very genuinely lovely old woman to be around because she's full of wisdom. Okay, so you can learn a lot from her, basically. 
all through the church again, yeah? And she had, she had a bit of a fall there not too long ago, yeah? Yeah. And she sort of hurt herself. Anyway, so she's taking things a bit easier. She was, she was helping out Gray in the church. So I met her there a few weeks ago in the church and, of course, I was talking to her for a few, a few minutes. And somehow she brought up the conversation about family. And she said to me in a very low and lonely voice, she said, Martin, she said, she said, you know that family, she said, takes takes your life away. Yeah. So I didn't, I, I, I sort of knew what she was talking about, but I wanted to, you know what I mean, sort of hear what she wanted to say. So I said, well, in what, uh, I said, in what sense? She said, she said, I'm 87 years old, she said. Now she has a daughter of 60 or 65, something like that anyway. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So um, she said, you never stop worrying about them, she said. Yeah. Your life is based on worrying about them. That was the, that's, that's what she told me. Now, she's 87 years old. Yeah. She do, she hasn't stopped worrying. She won't stop worrying. She said, I'll worry. She said, I'll worry till the day I die. Every moment of every day so, or for the rest of her life since she had those kids, she has them in her head and her heart. Yeah. And she's thinking about them. But not, not just thinking about them, she's worrying about she's them also. She's worrying about them. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, um, I'm really blown away and happy that you've had discussions like this. And I'm just seeing you getting into it and more animated and relaxing in these podcasts. And just, um, this is the Martin that I know. It's the unscripted Martin. It's the free flow conversation. And I think that that's one of the most fascinating things about it's what good we're to doing have, here. Yeah, it's, uh, it is good to have the conversation, but at the same time, I don't want to be offending anybody. So I'm sort of talking from my own experience as yeah, well, yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? And I but I also know, I know a lot of travellers who sort of live the same way, very protective of their families, especially their girls. Yeah. Now, I don't want to go, on, I don't want to go back all into that again. I want to, ask, I want to go back a for a second, because you said when she gets married, she goes off. What what happens? And um, because I know what happens in the settled community, if a girl doesn't get married, yeah. If a, if a traveller girl doesn't get married, yes. Where are they? What do they do? Uh, Can I well, ask that question? Well, let's put it this way. I um, there are probably questions I don't want to answer. Yeah. Because um, my, at the moment my my two older girls are married. Yeah. So I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to be answering that question because I don't want to offend anybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there probably, there probably is uh, people there with who has girls. I don't know. Yeah. I can't speak of anybody. I point a finger at anybody. I don't know these things. What I am saying is I wouldn't be in a position to answer that question because, as I said, my two girl, my two oldest girls are well, let's say Let's say a traveller fella. Let's say a traveller man. Yeah. Because I know a couple of traveller men yeah. who are in their 20s yeah. and they're not married. Yeah, because the traveller the traveler young lad seems to somehow... He, no, I'm not saying in a sense of um, taking life easy. He seems to be more laid back. Here. Some of them, not all of them. Yeah. Some of the traveling young lads are more laid back now because they want to, uh, they want to get out there and work. They want to uh, do a little bit more hanging around with their buddies. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're doing anything wrong or they're making wrong decisions in life. They're probably setting themselves up in a better, in a in a better way where maybe preparing themselves better for marriage. Like you know what I mean. So, uh, like years ago, young lads, even including myself would have been married at 17 and 18, maybe 19 years old. Nowadays, you have young lads, as you said, 20, 21, 24, 25, that kind of age. 
and that's 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 not saying they won't get married. That are like single, basically, yeah. And in the settled community, you and have you no have lads who are in their in their mid thirties, yeah. at home with their mammy still playing the PlayStation. Well, there you go then. See, but uh, go back thirty years ago, young lads were more inclined to be married at 18, 19, 20 years of age. So I think across society, that's changing. Yeah, that's changing. Um, it's it's different. I know, like my kind of first serious relationship was like twenty years of age. Uh, you know, nearly getting married and and uh, buying a house and all that. What what age was what age was it for you when you met? Uh, I was basically your, your wife. Uh, I was nineteen when I got married. Yeah, just a couple of months shy of nineteen. My wife was seventeen and a couple of months after. Say seventeen, almost seventeen and a half. And can I ask where you met her? Uh, I met her in. Um, she was actually living in Blanchardstown. Right. In in a house or a uh, house in like, a caravan in a caravan in a caravan yeah and was that arranged or did you just no it wasn't arranged I um basically went and asked her went to her parents basically yeah myself and say my father and mother was with me okay we went we went out there we were living in, in Ballymun you were in Ballymun she yeah, was in Blanche she was you brought your mommy and daddy over to me home mommy and daddy and we asked of course. Didn't ask her directly. We asked... Uh, <laughs> Hold on. Probably Hold a on. a broom or a brush or a pan or something. <laughs> but... Um, That's funny. We, uh, of course, asked the parents. Had to, the parents asked the parents, you know what I'm saying? Can I ask you how you knew she existed? Um, you can, yeah. I've seen her... i actually only seen her once, matter of fact. You're going a bit red there now. No, I know that. But sure, that's, that's life, isn't it? I, um, i seen her once and it wasn't so long after than before... Well, of course, I knew, say, of her family. My, my, my parents knew her family and... Can I ask her family Her name? parents obviously knew my family, who they are. Uh, her family name, she was O'Donnell before she got married. Before O'Donnell. we got married, yeah. I'm asking loads of personal questions here. Yeah, but don't get carried away there, won't no, you? No, but I'm not, but it's, it's, it's really interesting, so thanks for answering um, me. Yeah, that was it. That was 30, 31 years ago. 31 years ago. Yeah. Uh, so, you weren't going out with her? No. And you've seen her once, and then you asked for the marriage. You asked her parents for the marriage. Yeah. Wow. But I knew of her family, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you knew of the O'Donnells and Blanchard's. Uh, yes, and, and and my my parents knew her parents well, basically, you know, very well, like. Yeah. But so, you you were the one who made it. It was the, the best thing I ever done. <laughs> was it? <laughs> but, uh, ah, yeah. That's lovely. Yeah. But that was like, um, that's how it happened. So I asked, and of course... Uh, the wedding goes on as you call it no hold on the first of all she said yes yes that's and what I'm saying and then you went you went Yoo! no I tell you how, how, how it works is that if a, if a boy wants to ask a girl he'll generally he'll ask the, say either his father or his himself will contact the girl's father ask for permission to ask her yeah so if everything is okay then of course he's got to go and ask her doesn't he you can put the shotgun away uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> And then that's 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 how it is today again. Still, like is um, yeah, is that there is really now? There's no range. There's no range of weddings and travellers. But is there? I don't know of any travellers now that that's having arranged weddings. Is there dating? Uh, no, not on my not on my 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 clan. <laughs> not in your clan. But in, in no. travellers, would you know of dating and travellers um, without no. giving without giving anybody's business away? Seriously, no, I don't. I don't know of a lot of travellers who um who actually allow their girls to date. Um, if a boy wants to ask a girl he's got to do, do, do it right ask the parents and go and ask then if the parent says yes of course it's okay to ask her 
or they probably mention to the girl if she says yes or no. If it's no, it's, it's going to be an embarrassing one, of course. It does it no. It does it. Is it is it easy to take, or is there uh, uh, any kind of animosity? Well, or I can't answer around? that question because I don't know how. I don't know. It depends. You got a yes. I got a yes. Thanks. Really <laughs> if a young lad, um, it depends how. Maybe it, it. It probably all depends how much a young lad likes a girl, or yeah, how well he knows the family, or you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Or like how long he's planning to ask a girl and stuff like that. So in the, in the, in the uh, so it's still not a, it's still not a, an arranged wedding if you know what I'm saying. No, it's not an arranged wedding. What it is, like is there has been weddings in the past with uh, with travellers years and years ago, where uh, the travellers they'd be in the pubs drinking. Yeah, and they come home and tell the say whatever the boy and the girl you're getting married. So that's who am I getting married to? You don't even know who you're getting married to. So this 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 has happened. So that is that mainly gone now. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's gone. And now it is. The traveller boy would talk to his parents and then talk to her parents. Maybe let the parents know he wants to ask a girl and then, of course, his parents, either himself or the parent, the, the father would contact the other father and say, look, my young lad wants to go over and ask a girl. Or Then, of course, they mention to the girl and if the girl says, well, whatever. So there's generally no dating. It's straight in, no kissing, married. No, 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 no. Not just ask her and if she says yes... Start preparing the wedding. <laughs> Start preparing the wedding. And when do you meet her? Um, well, it depends when there would be an engagement. So, so some people have engagements. Some people have, um, they call it a do for an engagement. Yeah. And a some do, people a don't. Do. It's a real old Yeah, they word. call it a do. We're having a do. It's uh, like booking out a pub and having a, maybe a cake and some drink and food and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and would, then, would him and her have been together before that? No. Still today, like? Yeah, absolutely not. Wow. Yeah, a million percent not. Um, then, say, they'd have the engagement then, say, of course, exchange whatever engagement rings, and then the next thing is the, is the big day, the wedding. Because that's not how it is. Do you find all that strange, you do? Well, it's definitely not how it is in the settled community or the countryman, the way, the way you so call it. So how is it in the countryman's way, then? Just to be clear, you you call countrymen countrymen. We don't call ourselves countrymen or settled people. We but just, you're a countryman to me. Yeah, I know that. So, but just just to be clear, how is it in, uh, well, nowadays, um, it's you ask a girl out or you hit her up on Tinder or you go through some kind of app so you're saying it's all done by media now, is it? It could be done, well, could be done by text or by WhatsApp. You'd go out and you'd date somebody. You you like them or you don't. If you don't like them, you'll move on to the next one. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the idea of a marriage is probably something that could be 10 years into a relationship that that idea will... will before a wedding would happen. Well, like. Before a wedding will happen. Yeah. It'll be dating and dating until it gets uh, serious. And then you get serious as in you're hanging out with each other a lot, you're with each other, you're in each other's houses, uh, you're kissing and hugging and, and making out. Probably having kids and all, yeah. Probably ha- probably having kids and all, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah, well, that's having why, kids. Yeah, that's, where, that's where you know now travellers have different cultures. So that's not different just different, lifestyles. that's two different worlds. It is two different totally worlds. Totally two different yeah. worlds. But um, I think, um, I, t- I still think travellers are entitled to live in that sense as they want to live yes oh absolutely like I just think it's so different yeah and it's not I wouldn't imagine it's just travellers in this country for example that live like that I'm sure there's other uh, communities that have similar traditions that they still that they still abide by Uh, yeah well probably everybody's different in the end yeah but I I definitely know yeah maybe for people listening to this who aren't travellers 
who are maybe, you know, the typical Irish man or woman. Yeah. To listen, to hear that, that's the way it still goes on in the traveling community with uh, with boys and girls, men and women. Yeah. That you generally, you, you don't get together until the do. Uh, and the first thing you're doing is getting married. Yeah, that's right. And you're 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 settling down and you're having a family and then the daddy's back in the in the caravan, uh, sweating, thinking, Is this fella the fella for my girl? <laughs> or do I have to go over and yeah, take her back? Yeah. <laughs> it boils back down to one thing again, parents worrying about your kids, isn't it? Parents worrying about their kids. But there's something to do with it. It's it's a built in thing, you just kinda of have that like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, you were asking me how many kids I had. Is that where they were? Yeah, I was asking. Yeah, what's what's the setup? What's wh- how are you? Uh, what's your family? Um, how many is there? Uh, I have nine kids. Nine kids. Yeah, nine, nine kids. Yeah, I've um, four girls and say five boys. So um, still, a, yeah, it is. A, it is still a big family. But um, that's just a tra- it's a traveller thing probably. <laughs> it's what they would call a Catholic family. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. The big families, big families. That's yeah, true. yeah, it is like uh, like the families in the eighties. Like uh, there's loads of families in Ballymun with 12, 13, 14 kids. Like, yeah, you know? there's some uh, but, but some travellers like that has um like seriously seventeen, eighteen, nineteen kids still today. Like yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I don't think today no. Yeah, like I think I think generally most people are having three, they four say, maybe kids. They all say it was they had, they, had, they had no TV, no television. There was no heating in the caravan. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they used to say here. Yeah. Was, the radiators weren't on. Yeah. They couldn't afford to, to put coal in the fire. So they had to keep each other warm. Yeah. Oh, we it's all right to talk about that now, is it? No. <laughs> so I'm finding no. the, the, the conversations I can and can't have with you are really, really interesting. And I'm sure over the next couple of episodes, we're going to explore different topics, different things that for me, as a person who's not a traveler or I'm a settled man, I just take for granted. Like, that's why I said before, I'm fascinated by the parts of the traveling culture that are the same and that are different to settled culture. Yeah. There's, um, again, I'm talking about, um, say, when I say about travelers with girls and what, that's my own experience. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I can't say I can speak for a million travellers. No, like, I, but I think I think that the best the best conversations are from your experience. But you are you also have experience of other people, other families that most people wouldn't have. And so in that way, there's an insight there. There's um like it'd be like if there was a group of people like the Aboriginal people in Australia, I would be as fascinated by them. About their story, their life story. Their story, about how they live, about what's important to them, what values well, they back have. To, it's all down, it's all back to, again, to the one thing, all different cultures. Yeah. And different, uh, say, different ways of living, yes. But yeah, I think everybody's, uh, I think everybody's story is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and I think what one thing that I find is, here's an example, I was doing some, um, some talks with people from Northern Ireland, okay? Now, I, sound, I say Northern Ireland like it's a whole different world way, and it kind of is and kind of isn't. These were Protestants and Unionists and Catholics and, and Loyalists, right? Yeah. And uh, there was some kind of uh, animosity where, oh, we can't talk to them, they're not the same as us, and we have a whole history and we can't talk about each other. But anyway, we got a load of people together in Ballymun and a few different places. It was around the time when there was a lot of Brexit talk, 
and there was a lot of possibility that the, that it might kick off in Northern Ireland again. Um, so we had these conversations. You know, you had uh, Sinn Féin people, IRA people, UVF people, uh, all these types of people in, in, in the room, uh, a lot of them women. And what we learned was we have more in common yes. than divides us or that we have different. At a, at a human, at a basic level, we have the same kind of basic needs, the same kind of living conditions, the same kind of fears, the same kind of ideas about our families. Uh, none of us was millionaires. We yes. were all kind of, you know, just like normal working class, get up out of bed in the morning people. Because none of us had stocks and shares in, in Google and all this type of, you know, that type of money. Yes. What was really interesting and refreshing was we had more in common. We had more that brought us together than divided us. So basically everybody was the same in a sense. Yeah, and if we look at the divisions, we'll find them. But if we look at the things that we have in common, yeah. we'll, well find them as for, well. If you're at all, at, in all situations, if you look for negativity, there's lots of it. It's, it's all there. Plenty of it. But if you look for the positive things in life, there's, there's also a lot of that there. Yeah, look, I, I, I could tear the back off you going, the problem, there's no way traveller women should be A, B, C and D. But that's not my place to say it. One is I'm not a woman. One is I'm not a traveller. One is I'm not a member of your family. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you could say the same to me. You could yeah. go, but settle people are doing that and that It's very easy, yeah. It's very easy to, to for people to point out people's faults. As I said, negative, uh, negativity again. But for looking for, for the positive side of things, it's something that a lot of people don't do. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying everybody. There is some good people out there that will look for the good in other people. There's no doubt about that, our situations. Well, I think I think but one of the reasons we might do of, that... There's too much of negativeness. One of the things we might do negative things for, or, or look for the negative, or the drama, or, or that type of thing, is because of where we are as people. If we're vulnerable and insecure and frightened in ourselves, and we're looking outside of ourselves and blaming and pointing the fingers... That's right. We're always going to drive towards the negative stuff That's right. and uh, what other people have done bad on me or what other people aren't doing for me. But if you're, and this is a journey that we all have to go on, if you're comfortable with who you are as a person, man, woman, child, traveller, black, Muslim, if you're comfortable with who you are and you're at peace with yourself, you'll be comfortable with other people and at peace with them. So I think uh, you're a traveller man, you're one of a number of travelling men there's a number of different cultures in this country and around the world. And at the moment, I'm really interested in that culture because I've always been interested in different cultures. I've and al- the traveller culture, basically. But travelling culture, Muslim culture. Yeah. Uh, I'm inter- interested in what it's like to live up in Northern Ireland. I'm interested in what it's like to grow up in London as a young black man. I, I just find, I find, fe- I find people fascinating. Yes. And I, uh, and I always look f- for uh, the possibilities for us to have a conversation about stuff that we've all find difficult to talk about. Yes, yes, yes because yes. that's where, for me, that's where the learning is. That's where the growth is. Well, that's why that's why it's nice to get it. Um, it's nice to get the story part from the person themselves because the, every, as I said, everybody has a story to tell. Like, and ninety nine percent of the time, the stories are interesting. And where where do we get our stories from? Sometimes it's not from the, from the horse's mouth. No, that's right. Sometimes it's yeah. third party and it's it's hearsay, yeah. speculation and rumour. And if that's where we get our stories from, it's not as rich as getting the 
from from the person themselves, from That's their mouth, face to face. This is who I am. Who are you? Yeah. Can we can we share a conversation together? Yeah, it can be very interesting, can't it? So that's us for this episode, a traveller and a countryman podcast. If you like it, let us know, share it around, and uh, we'll see you on the road. Best of luck, boys. Best of luck, girls. (laughs)